I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. Okay, everybody, welcome back. How are you doing today, John? I'm good. Uh, I'm ready to share my my pages for the day. Awesome. I am excited to hear what you have done. So we are moving on into the next trial, the second trial. And I think the only thing we got to tell people is that you're going to read the narrator and I'm going to be reading Tim uh, and uh, and you're going to be the exec. Is that right? That's right. And yeah, I'll just set it up just a, a little bit more in case people aren't fully aware of where they are but like we fully completed now the first trial that tim has to face trying to get into altaf um he succeeded he found a link to a very cool world that he was able to share with zoya which was turned out to be this crazy cult leader's paradise um yeah this world is cool is cool because it is uh it is a prison for the people who work there (laughs) or for live there yeah it was a little very little bit dark spin (laughs) on that first trial and there's you know the second trial um isn't that less like the the goal this time is that he has to go to this world that's essentially a puzzle created by a famous world designer uh and that tim is aware of um uh what's his name it's like uh long wang yeah um and he has to solve the puzzle right somewhere hidden in the world is a is a passphrase that he has to go and bring back to prove to zoya so that then she can take that to the club to prove that it was completed Right. So we set all that up last time, and now we are jumping in on page 62, and uh, uh, take it away, John. Okay, so we see a large, lavish Roman building that sits at the end of a long, open courtyard, and then we see Tim teleporting in to this world at one end of a long walkway that leads through that courtyard and right up to the building's front door, and the courtyard is flanked on both sides by columns and statues. Tim says in voiceover, the first thing I noticed when I arrived at Wang's world was that it was designed to lead me in a single clear direction. In the next panel, Tim ignores that beautiful walkway and heads towards some olive trees on the property's perimeter. Which is why I promptly headed the other way. The next panel, Tim peers through the trees and in the foreground, we can see an envelope nestled in a tree hollow. Wang is known for hiding hints near the start of his puzzles. In the next panel, Tim pulls the envelope out of the hollow. A cute flourish that is normally my least favorite part of his work. Tim opens the envelope and pulls out a paper revealing the text, quote, Come in, have a drink, stay a while, end quote. But today, it was more than welcome. On the next page, uh, from inside that giant Roman building we saw earlier, we see Tim enter. And the space inside is big, and we can see various swords and other weapons hanging on the walls to the right and left of the entrance. Tim says, hello? From Tim's POV, we see that the wall across from him is covered with dozens and dozens of completely identical doors. Then in the next panel, we see a close on Tim's face looking perplexed. And then in the next panel, Tim walks up to one of the doorknobs on one of those doors and grips it, seeming to hesitate a moment. And then in the last panel on the page, we see a close on Tim's hand turning the doorknob and opening the door. On the next page, we see a leopard that flies out of the open door and straight at Tim. And in the next panel, Tim is pinned on the ground, trying to shield his face with his arm as the leopard tears at it ferociously, spraying blood everywhere. 
In the next panel, an armless Tim frees himself and runs towards the weapons on the back wall. Uh, then we see him gripping a small sword tightly and the leopard poising itself to attack again. And we see Tim's severed left arm lying on the floor nearby. And in the final panel of the page, we see Tim swinging his sword as the leopard leaps at him. Even after 70 years of living with pain and death turned off, I still get scared sometimes. On the next page, uh, we see a badly mauled Tim standing panting over a dead leopard. I guess some human instincts never fully fade. In the next panel, Tim heads through the open door that the leopard came out of. And in the next panel, from the other side of the door, we see Tim enter, and Tim squinting at something in front of him. His missing arm from earlier is already regenerating. Then from Tim's POV, we see a strange series of bumps on the back wall of a tiny room. In the next panel, we see Tim running his hand across the bumps. Exec, what does this say in Braille? In the next panel, Tim looks annoyed with the response he gets. And the exec says, It says, wrong door. On the next page, we see Tim, back in the previous room, surveying the long line of doors lost in thought. He's fully regenerated now and no longer even has a scratch on him. Kept asking myself, why Braille? And then it occurred to me, maybe Wang is pointing to the sense of touch. Then Tim says out loud, Exec, I'd like to amend my contract to allow pain. Amendment accepted, says the exec. Tim tentatively approaches one of the doors. Then we see him reaching out his hand. And then we see him gripping the doorknob and receiving a mild electric shock. Tim smiles. On the next page, we see Tim gripping a different doorknob and getting another, but this time, smaller shock. Tim says in voiceover, Like a game of hot and cold, the shocks got weaker the closer I got to the correct door. In the next panel, Tim grips yet another doorknob. This time, nothing. Next, Tim prepares to open that door, sword at the ready. In the next panel, Tim throws open the door, revealing a new room. We turn the page to see a big, uh, full-page spread of his new surroundings, which Tim has stepped into with the sword still dangling at his side. In the center of a room, uh, we see a clear jug of liquid mounted on a raised stone platform. The liquid is dark inside, like red wine. A sturdy tube emerges out of one side of the jug like an arm. On the other side of the jug, across the room, is a locked door with a keypad on it. Then on the next page, we see Tim peering at the jug, studying it closely. Then Tim smiles and mutters to himself. Have a drink. Tim puts his lips around the tube like a straw. In the next panel, as Tim drinks, we see the dark liquid inside the jug is partly drained, revealing the top half of numbers. In the next panel, the liquid is now almost all empty, and we can clearly see a four-digit code. And in the last panel of the page, we see Tim's hands input the code into a keypad on the locked door. On the next page, Tim enters a new room. This one has a wide canal full of hot lava running across it. It is clearly too big to jump across. On the other side of the lava is a door. Tim kneels down next to the lava and studies it. We can see that it's actually extremely shallow, no more than a foot deep. In the last panel, Tim reaches out a hand as if feeling its warmth from afar. He frowns. On the next page, Tim stands up and surveys the lava critically. Exec, amend my contract to remove pain. Amendment denied. In response to this, Tim grits his teeth. We see next Tim posing as if about to run. And then in the last panel, Tim attempts to charge across the lava, but the moment his first foot goes in, he lets out a tremendous scream. On the next page, we see Tim sitting next to the canal, studying his badly burned foot. His shoe is burned right off, and the foot itself is covered in fourth-degree burns. 
On the next panel, Tim's foot regenerates before our eyes, or at least begins to, the horrible burns beginning to fade. It was my first time in ages really feeling the regeneration process. And it was actually kind of nice, though hardly worth the price of entry. On the next page, Tim stared, continues to stare at his foot, lost in thought. I was annoyed at my own weakness, but I knew there had to be an, a more elegant solution than just brute force. Suddenly, Tim has an idea. Tim says, uh, quoting, have a drink. Next, we see Tim has returned to the room with the jug, staring at the little bit of red liquid that is still left at the bottom. Tim ex Tim's expression shows some doubt. Even as I realized the solution, I felt a chill at the implications. In the last panel, we see Tim looking resolved. Exec, amend my contract to allow strong, mind-altering substances. Amendment accepted. On the next page, Tim slurps up the last bit of red liquid. Then we see Tim once again standing in front of the canal of hot lava, poised to try and run across. It only took about 15 minutes before I began to experience the pain-numbing qualities of whatever was in that cocktail. In the next panel, Tim charges across the lava, which sloshes up around his shins. Steam rises up from where it is burning his skin. Tim winces, but only slightly this time. Sound effects. Tim successfully reaches the other side with badly burned bare feet. In the next panel, he raises his arms in celebration. In that moment, I was too happy to think about what other effects the drug might have. In the last panel, Tim triumphantly throws open the door to the next room. But I didn't have to wait long to find out. On the next page, Tim walks down a long, narrow corridor with plain stone walls. Then, as he continues walking down the corridor, the plain walls begin to warp and shimmer with color. In the next panel, Tim is now walking in a black void space with psychedelic demon faces swirling around him. In the next panel, Tim closes his eyes as a particularly horrible-looking demon opens its giant mouth and reveals many rows of dagger teeth. With pain turned on and a mystery drug running through my system, ejecting was my only salvation if things kept getting worse. But I couldn't quit now. In the next panel, Tim falls to his knees, clutching his head as the demons continue to swirl around him more intensely. Stay a while. Tim lies on the ground, eyes droopy with sleepiness. Stay a while. Dot, dot, and dot. The, the last panel is just black. On the next page, Tim wakes up with his waist tied to a chair, still woozy. He is surrounded by stone men that look like living versions of the cast bodies discovered at the real Pompeii. I should say that this world was supposedly called Pompeii, although I don't think that's actually said anywhere in the script currently. Oh, yeah, right. Um, the leader of the stone men, so there's several stone men around Tim, presides over a table of torture instruments while the others uh, stand nearby Tim with rope. In voiceover, Tim says, In order to eject from a world, you must give the exec a clear and unambiguous signal of your intent to leave. In the next panel, one of the stone men puts a gag in Tim's mouth. Most often, that means a simple verbal command. In the next panel, another stone man wraps Tim's hands so tightly with rope, such that he can't even move his fingers independently. But smart people usually arrange for a hand signal as backup. In the next panel, a stone man ties a blindfold around Tim's eyes. And for worst-case scenarios, a specific pattern of eye blinks. In the next panel, the stone man finish binding Tim and step back, while the leader of the stone men sharpens a jagged-looking dagger. In the last panel, we see a close-up of Tim's big toe, poised. 
but only the most savvy individuals set up a fourth or even a fifth alternative. On the next page, the leader of the stone men, and this uh, panel of this page, I should say, takes up the entire page. And we see the leader of the stone men gently prodding Tim's stomach threateningly with the tip of his dagger. Um, Tim looks pretty terrified, what we can see of him. So in VO, he says, I could tell from the way the rope was cutting into my hands that the pain-numbing effects of the drug had worn off. And further VO, he says, I was terrified, but I could also see right through what Wang was doing. All I had to do was wait it out. All I had to do was stay a while. On the next page, the leader cuts the rope around Tim's waist. Uh, on the next panel, the stone men pick up Tim and carry him over their shoulders into the next room. And then we see the stone men just setting Tim down on a wooden bench. Working together, the stone men remove Tim's blindfold, gag, and hand restraints. In the next panel, Tim, the stone men leave Tim just sitting there, staring straight ahead. And then lastly, we see from Tim's POV a stone door with the word exit carved above it. Inside the door is a swirling mass of colors representing a portal out of this world. Was that it? Had I done it? In the next page, we see Tim walking towards this exit. In the next panel, though, Tim stops. Something felt a little too easy. Tim looks up. And then from his POV, we see another message written on the inside of the doorway that says, quote, leaving so soon? In the last panel, Tim frowns, lost in thought. I realized then what the answer was, what the entire point of the puzzle was, and that I was about to do something very stupid. On the next page, Tim closes his eyes as if stealing himself. Exec, amend my contract to give up ejection rights. Amendment accepted. Tim opens his eyes to a rumbling and a few falling rocks. Sound effects. Rumble, rumble. On the next page, Tim turns and sees a secret stone door open in one of the walls, revealing a new entrance. Then we see Tim charging through this new entrance as rock falls intensify behind him. On the next page, we see Tim standing in a dark, candlelit room, safe from the rocks. In the next panel, Tim picks up a handwritten note from a small circular table. In the next panel, we see Tim reading the note and smiling. And then in the last panel, Tim walks through an exit portal on the other side of the room. In the foreground, we can read what the note said, which was, quote, you must trust to be trusted. And that's it. Hey, that was cool. It's a it's a cool little puzzle, and it's fun to watch him go through it. Uh, yeah, it was like an interesting writing challenge. It's like mm -hmm. it's like writing someone playing a video game almost, but then there's it's like there are all these conceptual things from our world in it that I tried to bring out. Yeah, and I think it does that really well. Um, I guess the only m macro note I had about it is. Uh, other than the leopard, he doesn't really make any mistakes. And I wonder whether we might want to have one more mistake in there somewhere where he actually gets, he has to get kind of reset or he has to do something again or I guess something more to, frustrating happens. Well, he does. There's, there is the one part where he tries to run across the lava and fails because he can't take the pain. Right, right. So that's the only other like moment that's kind of like a, a little bit of attempt. one. Yeah. So that was my only. But do you mean like him like fully being bounced out? And but he could, yeah, he in? could like burn to a crisp and start back at the beginning or something. Or we could see some like 
I mean, I was going to play the lion too, that way initially. I think I was going to have me. him. I was going to just, I think I, with the lion initially, I was going to just kill him and like boot him out. The leopard? And, or sorry, the leopard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, that makes sense. And then, and then for some reason, I decided at the last minute that I liked it maybe better just like keeping him there the whole time, but I don't, it could, it could well, go and I like the regeneration. Maybe if he had to wait for the regeneration a little longer and was more annoyed about it or something, maybe it's a small tweak. I don't know. That was just the only sort of macro note. And then there, I was excited by a couple of things. So let me just roll through and tell you a couple of things that excited me. Um, let's see. Yeah, I like the way he has some knowledge of Wang. I like the leopard. I like the regeneration a lot. I thought that was really cool. Um, that was a well, cool way to show, to show that. Well, and it might be redundant because I act, to be honest, I have two scenes of regeneration in there. Actually, mm -hmm. I have one where, well, they're, they are different though. Like one, a pain is off and one of them pain is on. Right. So they right. feel different. They but. feel different. And also the first one sort of teaches you how the second one's going to go because just running like a madman through a lava... <laughs> Street. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's is, one of those like teach you a rule so you know how to understand. Yeah, it's something. like an, yeah. a counterintuitive way to solve the problem versus killing a leopard that's attacking you, which is an intuitive, obvious way of solving the problem. You know. Um, so I think I still think that's cool. I like the four-digit code. Kind of reminds me of that old CD-ROM game Mist, where you're like walking around a, a a palace by yourself and solving little slightly obtuse puzzles. Well, the f so the four-digit code is very like uh tropey it's very like like have you done an escape room yet yeah i've done an escape room yeah it, it yeah reminds like me it's very well. escape room genre e yeah. which i i i was unsure about that but i thought like you know since it is sort of a red herring in a way right like what's important about the jug is actually that it contains a drug that you need right. to advance i thought like oh well wang would maybe do something cheesy and tropey slightly there if he if it was if it was, it was not the important thing you know because i'm also trying to think like you know i don't want like wang to have designed something stupid here right right, right? no it should be smart he should just be able to figure it out yeah no i yeah. think that all works i liked that uh oh yeah and i really like the stone men too i thought that was really specific and cool and i like that they are you know, they're probably AIs or whatever. We assume he can't interact with them. I think that's great. Um, so yeah, those things, I think my favorite thing about it was the regeneration. I think that was the thing that got me the most excited, but I liked, I liked it. I think it was good. Um, yeah. Regeneration is a rule that we haven't used yet. I realize, And also we won't get to use in our finale sequence because that world's a naturalist world. So I guess, I guess this is the logical place to put it that's right yeah it doesn't huh. doesn't play in in the naturalist world but it's nice to see it here and see how somebody who is like i like the thing you said in the voiceover too during the leopard of like i still get scared sometimes even if i know i'm not gonna die it still feels like that i think that's really interesting um and yeah i wouldn't expect especially in a scanned person, uh, a, a zero gen person, I wouldn't expect that they would ever fully lose that. Um, that's so ingrained. <laughs> um, especially something as raw as like an animal attacking you is like yeah. so deeply ingrained. So yeah, I liked all that. I think that all that stuff got me pretty excited. I think that's really good. 
Um, is there anything you're worried about or anything you want to kind of alert me to as I go into the next couple of bits? I guess I was feeling about like something's feeling like maybe like too long or, or, or like, like it could be simplified, but actually reading it through, I didn't feel like as much like that. So, um, I don't no, know I was, mean, the, yeah. the only thing that felt a little bit optional, but I liked it, so I wouldn't even pitch to cut it, is the page of the stone men sort of ominously setting him free, right? Because that doesn't... We, they could set him free less ominously in a in a panel or two, probably, right? Um, if we wanted to... If we were looking to save some time. That was the only place that I felt like that was... The oh, one. you know the drug trip? The drug trip is a little bit... um. I guess it like causes him to pass out. Oh, well, so. the demon faces and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, again, that could be that could be one big panel that takes up a whole page, you know, of just like floating demon p- faces. Or, um, I don't know. I think if you want, I think it's important if we're going to give him a drug trip to make that feel subjective, you know. Um, I get frustrated in, in media when they do drug trips and they don't have a subjective component i think well we could extend i mean if we don't feel like it's too long currently the idea that we didn't use because the drug trip beat again it's it's sort of underutilized right it's like it it just causes him to to basically pass out eventually like he's scared right which i'm sort of implying like maybe it's scary enough that you might eject right Uh, right so the whole world is sort of daring you to eject which right now is like kind of i think uh under the surface of what you've written, but we could make that a little bit more explicit, right? Like he, we, he, he could be saying, I thought about ejecting then, but you know, but didn't m- more frequently if we want to make that more. Clear. Yeah. I was really trying to make that happen. Like, so in my mind and maybe that, so if this, yeah, maybe this is too subtle. Um, the like pressure to eject really starts um once he has to turn the paint on right that like really ups the stakes so like before that yeah there's like a leopard attack and stuff but it's not really like daring you to eject it's like once the paint is on it's like oh this is real um and once you're drugged it's like i might forget to eject or something if i'm so fucked up so like that even that ups the stakes even more where it's like i need to remember to eject you know (laughs) like even though i'm high right um and like I remember how to like you know that like I need to like click my my big toe a certain number of times to like if I lose control of my other limbs or something. Right, right. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, we I mean, could draw that. Uh, one idea uh, I just had right now is we could draw out that moment if we want to, um, where he's being tied up by the stone men and they're going to torture him. Uh, by explaining exactly what his fifth reserve method is. If it is like a clicking the big toe five times, then we could sort of like, you know, have a panel that's looking at his toe and he could be explaining in voiceover. Um, all, you know, I can eject at any time. All I have to do is, is this. Um, but you know, yeah, but with the drugs coursing through my system and how, and all the pain I'm feeling and everything else, uh, you know, can I even do that? I don't even know. Kind of, you know, kind of like draw it out and kind of make it a dramatic beat. And then he kind of decides to ride it anyway. Yeah. I like, I mean, I you think, know? I think we might as well lean into that. Cause that's right. so weird that yeah. everything about that is so specific <laughs> to our yeah. rules. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that just, cause I was worried about that sequence 
because I felt like I was maybe doing two contradictory things. In other words, if like the point of the puzzle is to test your resolve and like your level of trust, then like if it's daring you to eject, then it needs to leave you the ability to eject. So I felt like, but I really also want to get the bit about like restraining his reject options as he's like counting. Okay, they got rid of that one. They got rid of that one. They got rid of that one. Haha, but I got a fifth one because I'm really clever because he's right. the main character. Right. Like I really wanted to have both of those things in it. And I felt like those are potentially contradicting each other in terms of the puzzle design. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah. How many people have the, the, the toe thing or whatever it is, like the most obscure I guess if you up. didn't have those things, like it would be daring you to object before it gets to your last one, right? Like, right, exactly. Like if you were the kind of person that like only had like the mouth when you went saw the gag, you'd like go for it. It's daring you to like go for it then, right? Right. Last right. chance. Three, two, one. Up. Oh, I guess. Right. And then ma- the maybe a lot of savvy people have like an eye movement thing already plugged in. So then that's the next one and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that works. The sequence that's coming up is is one I'm also pretty excited about where um, Tim finally meets a representative from the club who's Saba and uh, goes out to dinner with Saba and Zoya or the equivalent of going out to dinner in the Constellation. I mean, this is one of the things at a fancy restaurant that's like VIP, right? This is something that sort of needs to be figured out, right? When writing this, but they go somewhere you know, he has access to a special part of Magnurbia or something because he's a club rep, something that impress, would impress Tim or potentially impress Tim. And then he like says other things to impress Tim, tells Tim all these stories of the club and maybe the stuff we came up with the club founder, but then also eventually comes around to trying to persuade Tim uh, that he, for the third trial, he should agree to try to kill somebody. So it's like, uh, this is another like, like, you know, really key sequence that I think is potentially very interesting. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take it's a crack at this one. It's like uh and we'll expect yeah. we'll expect that this one will need a lot of work um before it's good, but I'll I'll take that first crack and then we'll see how many pages that takes. I have a feeling those two might be the whole might be the whole thing um next time, but if I can if I can keep going into the naturalist um into the naturalist world, maybe I will. All right. Well, thank you for listening to us do this and we will be back soon with more of our script as we keep uh punching out our first draft thanks for listening and we'll see you next episode this has been constellation making the graphic novel our theme song is pomona by audios to subscribe to this podcast look us up on itunes or your favorite podcatcher application you can find us on twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com Thanks for listening.